Hi, welcome to the journey of parenting. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Aduce, a licensed child clinical psychologist. Our intention for this series is to offer the most common tips that I recommend to parents in supporting their children and themselves. We're here to sift through all the latest research and most pressing issues in parenting so you don't have to. Parents often report to me that their child has some difficulty with impulse control, paying attention, regulating emotions and behaviors, the list goes on. This set of skills that parents are referring to has been called a lot of different names in the field of psychology. You may have heard of terms like self-control, willpower, emotion regulation, self-regulation, executive functions, grit. Whatever the name may be, most of the time parents walk away with one conclusion. Yes, help me get more of that in my kid. For the purposes of our discussion today, I'll use the term self-control to refer to your child's ability to manage their own emotions and behaviors. In today's episode, I'll share the top tips for supporting your child's self-control skills. We'll be myth-busting one of psychology's most well-known studies called the marshmallow task or the delay of gratification task. If you've heard of this study or at least watched the amusing videos of children waiting to eat sweet treats, you'll know that the results were so promising that some parents started making their children wait to eat their treats. But I'm here to tell you why, one, you don't need to make your child wait to eat treats unless you really want to, and two, why that doesn't work anyways in boosting self-control skills. In the marshmallow task, children were presented with one marshmallow and asked to wait until the researcher returned in order to get two marshmallows. If they eat the treat before the researcher returned, then they only get one marshmallow. There's about 40 years of research that suggests that the longer children delay on the task, then the better their health, financial, and social outcomes. Links have been made from the delay times in childhood to later eating habits, physical activity, academic performance, future household income, and even crime conviction. This effect was even stronger for children who are living in poverty. With these compelling results, researchers went right away to developing interventions that could correct, quote, poor self-control or poor delay times. And similarly, parents went straight away to teaching their children to wait for marshmallows or sweet treats. Researcher attempts to boost self-control skills included things like brain training games or quick-fix computer tasks that kids could play. Turns out, kids got a lot better at the games themselves, but this didn't translate over into the real world and where it mattered the most, the classroom, home environment, or in social settings. Why? In the last decade, new research has revealed why these efforts to improve self-control are misguided. It's actually not really about, quote, good or bad self-control skills. It's more about trying to understand the context in which these skills are being called upon. These new studies show that when it comes to the real world, your child's ability to regulate in these scenarios is quite dependent on how motivated they are in the moment and what their peers might be doing. Let's take a look at the latest research. Dr. Sabine Doble and colleagues re-ran the marshmallow task. 
In this time, kids were still alone in the room and they were either assigned to Team Green or Team Orange. Kids were given a t-shirt to wear grouping them with green or orange. Children were either told that kids in their group waited for two marshmallows while the opposing team did not, or that their group did not wait while the opposing team did wait. Results showed that for kids who believed that their team waited for two marshmallows were also more likely to wait longer, just like their hypothetical teammates. What that means is that these kids' behaviors were influenced by peers who they had never even met. And when motivated in this way, children used different self-control strategies, like sitting on their hands, looking away from the marshmallow, closing their eyes, to help them wait longer. The big takeaway from the latest research is that the context in which children are in really matters when it comes to understanding their ability to regulate emotions and behaviors in the moment. It's really less about whether the child has good or bad self-control skills and more about whether or not the environment or context is helping set the child up for success to use their self-control skills in a given context. For example, the science is showing that the social and psychological effects of living in poverty includes a lower level of trust and cooperation in your community and more unpredictability in your immediate environment. Therefore, these studies conclude that it's actually more advantageous and adaptive for a child growing up in this type of environment to take what they have in front of them right away, since you don't know if it will be there later. Again, really highlighting the importance of knowing the context. Of course, these skills are really complex, and it's not to say that environment is the only factor at play in predicting self-control skills. My point here is that past research simply hasn't paid enough attention to the context. So how do you take these latest research findings and apply them to your parenting? Here are a few suggestions. One, focus on teaching your child or teen strategies to help with self-control that is specific to the context. For example, when your child is studying or completing homework, helping them shut off all devices or perhaps working toward a small reward after studying a certain number of days during the week. Help your child reflect on what strategies are most effective for them and for which context. It is also effective to model for your child what self-control strategies you use in the moment, such as, mommy needs to take a five-minute break to calm down, and then I'll come back to finishing this task. Two, think about your child's motivating factors. How can you help make certain goals matter more to them? Are there peers who have shared values that could help motivate them? Reflect on what may be motivating factors for you in reaching your own goals and how that has shifted from when you were a child. Discuss these reflections with your child and explore what your child's motivations might be or what is rewarding for them. Three, think like a scientist. Knowing now how context can shape behavior, what in your child's context might be impacting their behavior in positive or negative ways? 
Importantly, if you want to boost your child's self-control skills, unfortunately, quick fixes are just that. They don't stick long-term. Children need to practice within the context that they need to apply their self-control skills to improve over time. In today's episode, we learned that the good news is that you don't need to spend hours teaching your child to wait for marshmallows or treats, because all that might get you is that they can wait for treats, assuming they'll get two once they wait long enough. Instead, focusing on one, teaching and modeling for your child strategies that are specific to the context they're in. Two, reflecting on your child's motivating factors in a given situation. Three, thinking like a scientist to identify how context might be impacting their behavior in negative or positive ways. These three areas will serve as the foundation of your child's self-control skill development. That's it today for the journey of parenting. Wherever you are in your parenting journey today, know that you aren't alone in this adventure. One that's full of laughter, tears, yelling, silence, giggles, the coulds, woulds, shoulds, and maybe some more tears. Tune in next time for more parenting tips and support.